0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew, chapter 26. Matthew 26, uh, reading from verse 36. Uh, Matthew 26, reading from verse 36, the Bible says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, "My, uh, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death stay here and keep watch with me going a little further he fell with his face to the ground and prayed my father if it's possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as I will but as you will let's pray together so father we just thank you for your holy spirit that is present here today and we just invite you to come and just speak to us thank you that your word is powerful I thank you that one word from you can change our lives. Our prayer today is that you will speak to us. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak the word of God today, I pray. Speak into our hearts, I pray. A word that is going to change and transform us. This is our prayer and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak on this special Good Friday service on the subject full Surrender, full surrender. Now many people would say, that in some area of their lives, they like to be in control. Everybody do do any, here would say, you know, in some particular area, I'd like to be in control. How many control freaks do we have here? In the, we got none. So, mate, There's a few going like this, you know. Um, I thank God that I'm not, you know. Uh, at least I don't think I am. Everybody else says I am, but I'm not. Um, uh, whether whether it's at work, at home, and relationships, your spouse, your children, just like things done your way, because of course it's the right way. How many people say amen to that? Of course it is. Um, you don't like to rely on other people. You like to be be the driver, uh, you, lo- you prefer to be the boss, you like to hold the remote, and you're a bit of a perfectionist. Researchers tell us that we live with what is called the illusion of control, uh, this cognitive bias, this way of thinking, this wrong way of thinking, that leads us to believe that we are more in control than we think we really are. In fact, we are less in control in our lives and we think, I mean, many guys have been watching the football. You watch them watch the football, you know, and their favourite footballer is in front of goals. He's, he's kicking the goal and it's heading towards a point. How many times have you seen them kind of leaning that way, you know, trying to help the ball, you know, kind of go back into goal, you know, into, into the goal. People with the illusion of control, thinking that somehow how they could guide the football uh, into, in, into the goals. If there's one lesson that COVID has taught us, is how little control we actually have in life how vulnerable we really are, and how quickly our lives can change. We can be enjoying life one, one day, and then the next day we can be in a full lockdown. Um, it's what's happening in some states even at the moment. In fact, one of the reasons why we're still experiencing stress is because of the uncertainty. We have no certainty about what's going to happen next. There's no control about what's going to happen next and so we feel overwhelmed by that. The problem is when we feel like we're losing control, we try harder to get control back. And the more we try to get control back, the more we realise we don't have control. And it's this vicious cycle that ultimately impacts our whole lives and the relationships that we have. I want to speak today about what to do when our life feels out of control, where the circumstances we're going through, where the issues we're facing, the challenges that are before us seem to be so overwhelming that we have no control or we feel like we can't change the outcome of what's happening in our lives. This is a message for all of those who are feeling discouraged, maybe overwhelmed, that you're sick and tired of being out of control. The good news is that Jesus said this, and I love this verse. We talked about it a, a couple of months ago here at Life. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. It's an invitation from Jesus who says, come to me, who, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, learn from me, Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, watch how I live my life, watch how uh, I do things, how I tackle issues in my life, and you will find rest for your souls. So the big question is, what do you do when life feels out of control? But to help us unpack this, we're going to look at one aspect of the Easter story. And my prayer is that God will speak to all of us today. As I was reflecting on this story, it was kind of this aspect which really spoke to me. And I pray would speak to all of us here tonight Jesus was about to die on the cross but before that happened he gathered together with his disciples This is commonly referred to as the last supper it's like Jesus gathered with his life group and he begins to speak to them he opens his heart to them he speaks to them about the kinds of things he was about to go through at one point he took the bread and he broke it and he said this bread is is like my body it's going to be broken for you Whenever you eat the bread, do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and he said, this cup represents the blood which is going to be shed for you. Whenever you drink the cup, remember me. And then he took his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, which means the crushing and he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed. I want you to understand that this is Jesus speaking. This is the son of God speaking. And he's saying this, he's there at Gethsemane. He's praying and he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Uh, I, I just wonder, does anybody ever felt, sorrow, overwhelmed uh, with sorrow. And I wonder, there might be some people here that are feeling like that. You're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed with anxiety or fear or stress. And it just feels like it's too much. I don't know how much longer I can continue this. I feel so overwhelmed. The Bible continues and says, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he began to pray and he began to cry out to God. And you can just imagine, he goes on his knees and then he, he falls with his face to the ground And then he he prays this, he says, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now the cup there is a reference to what he was about to go through, what he was about to endure. Jesus was about to to die on the cross and, and that was the reference to the cup. And Jesus was saying, if it's possible, can you remove this? If it's possible, can you remove this suffering and then he says, yet not my will, but your will be done. And, you know, as I reflected on this story, it was, it was this aspect of the story that really spoke to me. Um, it's, it's Jesus who's at this particular juncture in his life. He's, he's in particular point of his life where he is incredibly overwhelmed. And, I, and, I, and, and, and I, I just like the way that Jesus handles this particular situation because there are times when we feel overwhelmed in our own life. There are, there are times when we go through situations in our life and circumstances in our life where it just feels like it's too much. And I just don't know what to do next. And here we see Jesus, who's very God and very man, going through one of these kind of situations. And Jesus does two things, two very basic things that I want to kind of pull out of this story that I pray will speak to all of us about when our own, in our own lives, we feel life, like life is out of control. First the thing that we need to do when we feel like life is out of control, the first thing that we need to do this is a big one. Is you need to understand the power of prayer. Jesus, at the worst point of his life, he's overwhelmed. The weight of what he is carrying is enormous. And and what one of the gospels says that as he as he's as he's praying there, um, it's it's like the sweat is coming out with drops of blood. So much was the intensity. And what does Jesus do in this difficult time in his life? I tell you what he does. He begins to pray. And I know this is going to sound really basic, but I tell you, it's powerful. I wish I had something deeper to give you. I wish I had something like, you know, more dramatic, more glamorous, something that you would go, oh, like that, you know. But, but, but what did Jesus do at the worst time of his life? What does he do? The first thing he does, he begins to find a place and he begins to pray to God. The greatest thing that we can do when we feel overwhelmed, when it feels like our life is completely out of control, when it all feels like it's just too much, the greatest thing that we can do is begin to pray, is begin to cry out to God, is begin to pour out our hearts to God. David says, and I love, I love this scripture, he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. I don't know about you, but that verse actually encourages me because it sounds like David, King David, David, who was an incredible man of God, David, who wrote most of the Psalms, all the worship songs that we know. David was going through a season where he was experiencing incredible fear. Anybody ever been through a season where you had incredible fear? I know that in the last 18 months, a lot of us have been experiencing, uh, it's not so much fear, but maybe even anxiety, different, they're kind of cousins anyway. And, uh, um, you know, we've been experiencing some of those emotions. And here's a season where David is going through a time where he's experiencing fear. How does he handle it? What does David, King David actually do? He says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. Notice how Jesus prayed. He says, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me so much we can learn from this simple prayer. People have all these preconceived ideas about prayer and here's Jesus just pouring out his heart to God. This is not some manicure recited prayer. It's not like Jesus goes to a book and says, well, which prayer do I need to pray here? It's, it's, it's not a recited prayer or not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but it's nothing like that. This is Jesus just pouring out his heart to God. I love the way the prayer begins. He says, Father, my Father, those words are so powerful because it speaks to us about the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you and me. God doesn't want us to relate to Him as like He's some distant God all the way up there, not interested in our life. He doesn't want us to relate to Him like some religious figure in a, in, a, you know, in a garb where we, you know, if you want to relate to God, you've got to use the right words and say the right things. God wants us to come to Him as a son or daughter comes to their father. It's Father. I don't know about you, but that's beautiful. Isn't that what Jesus taught when the disciples asked him, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus said, I want you to pray like this. He says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and so on. I believe that the two greatest words of the Lord's Prayer are the first two words It's Father. It's Father. In, in the Gospel of Mark, it actually says Abba Father, which which, uh, which actually is a, is, a, is a term which uh, interpreted in, in, in English, it's it's like coming coming to God as daddy. It's an endearing term for daddy. It's daddy. It's our father. I love this because Jesus just pours out his heart to God. He says, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup away. If there's another way, if there's a way for this thing to be dealt with, then please let's do it. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what the cup represents for you. I know what it was for Jesus, but each of us have got a version of the cup. I don't know what it is you're going through today, but whatever it is, I want to encourage you to just bring it before God. Just begin to pour your heart out to God. Just cry out to God, because as you do, something changes. As we begin to pray, something shifts. As we begin to pour out our hearts to God, something changes, our perspective changes. And many times it's in that context that God begins to speak to us. Lord, if it's possible, would you take this thing away? Would you fix this? Would you would you just kind of help me? Just tell him exactly what you're thinking and feeling. You know, so often we think it's 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 gotta be the right words. I gotta I gotta pray the right words. If I get the right words, you know. Um, uh, then, then, then God is going to listen. I remember one time praying, uh, you know, before a meal, uh, and uh, just, just praying as we normally do. And you know, this lady said to me, "Could you write that prayer down for me because it was a very powerful prayer?" You know, I'm not thinking, you know, it's just me praying. You know, um, nothing powerful about the words. It's about prayer. The most important thing about prayer is that it comes from our hearts because God is not so much interested in, in the exact words that we pray. What he's interested in is it coming from our hearts because that's what he, what he wants more than anything else. It's as we open up our hearts to God that God begins to respond. And that's what Jesus is doing. I can just imagine Jesus, who's very man and very God, is there at Gethsemane and he's thinking about what he's about to face. He's saying, Gee, would you, God, would you, be, would you take this thing away from me? Some people say, Pastor Joe, I've tried praying before and God hasn't answered. Maybe he answers your prayers, but doesn't answer my prayers. You know, some people think I've got a red phone in my room. You know what I mean? It's just, when, I, when I need to speak to God, I just go, hello, you know, and God is there. It's not true at all. I, I, I have the same challenges that you have. Same, same issues. I'm, I'm, I bleed like you, just, just so you know. Um, if you've ever prayed and God hasn't answered, should be encouraged by this prayer of Jesus. Because Jesus who is the son of God, who is in very nature God, was perfect in every way. He prayed and in essence God said no. And there are times when God will say yes. As we read through the scriptures, there's many times where where God has answered and the answer is yes, but there are times where God in his love and mercy says no. And I want to encourage you today. If you think like your life is out of control, I want to encourage you to cry out to God. Because so often, you know, what we think we need and what we really need can be two different things. And God in his grace and mercy, at times, will say, no, we're going to go in this other direction. And I, I want to encourage you to pray and to seek God. Second thing that we need to do is understand the power of full surrender. My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus was saying to God, if it's possible, take take this thing away, Lord God. But in the end, not my will, but your will be done. It's Jesus surrendering to the will of the Father. At the worst point of his life, he pours out his heart to God and then he surrenders to God. Um, What what I find interesting here is that Jesus, who was very, very man, very God, he had the power to call a bunch of angels that would have destroyed everybody and everything but instead he surrenders to the will of God. He surrenders control to God. And I want you to know today that the Easter story reminds us of so much, but one of the great lessons is the power of surrendering completely to God. That no matter how difficult our lives can be, that no matter how challenging our lives can be, that one of the ways that we experience peace and joy and and, and security is by simply surrendering to God. That's what Jesus does. He's he's in in the worst time of his life. He's praying. And then in the midst of that, there's this this, uh, uh, reaction inside of him where he says, you know what, God, I'm just going to surrender completely to you. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Uh, In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. You need to make a decision. We need to make a decision. Are we going to trust ourselves? Are we going to trust our understanding? Or are we going to trust God? In those worst moments of our lives, are we going to trust God? Now, I I love the way it's written in the scripture. You see trust in the Lord. It's there. There it is right there. It's it's written with a capital L. It's gone. Uh, It's written with a capital L-O-R-D there. And that's 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 the the word there is actually a, the word Yahweh. It's the word for God. It's it's God is the, the the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's above everything, above every circumstance. It's trust in that kind of God, and with all your heart, and 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 He'll guide you through. God is forever, saying to you and to me, Trust me. I have this covered. I'll be with you. I'm going to guide you. I'm here for you. I love you. And there's a sense where we come to God and. And this is what I think I need. Could you do something, Lord? But at the end, it's, Lord, I surrender to you because I know that you're greater than me. Well, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's about to face the cross. He's praying. The Bible says he falls with his face to the ground and then he prays and Jesus fully surrenders to the will of God. And then the Bible says that the soldiers came to get Jesus right there at Gethsemane. And he was beaten They pounded his face, they spat upon him, made fun of him, whipped his back with a whip made with glass and and rocks. Many of us have seen the movie um, Passion and, and we've seen what that actually looks like. The whipping was so severe, it would have laid open his back and they forced him to carry the cross right there to Golgotha. They stripped him naked and then they hung him on the cross, drove stakes through his hands and feet, And while Jesus could have taken control, instead, he chooses surrender. And while he was there on the cross, while they were mocking him, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. And then he died and the world went dark, the place shook, the veil in the temple was ripped in two. And three days later, he rose from the dead. Hebrews says this, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. The analogy is a race, but it's speaking about life. Let us run with perseverance. Hang in there, in other words. You might be going through a tough season right now. You might be going through a season where you feel overwhelmed, but hang in there fixing our eyes on Jesus, in other words, looking to Jesus as our example, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, endured the hardship, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What was the joy set before him? It was there on the cross that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin and that through a relationship with Jesus Christ, our sin can be forgiven and our shame Removed and our relationship with God can be restored. And through our relationship with Jesus Christ, we can experience life. While Jesus could have taken control, instead he chose surrender. Question is this: What are you trying to control that God wants you to surrender? This is the question: What are you trying to control that God wants you to surrender? What situation in your life are you trying to control that God wants you to surrender to him? Is it a relationship? Is it your health? Is it finance? Is it a spouse? Is it your children? What are you trying to control that is not yours to control? You've got a choice. You can either try and control what's happening in your life or you can surrender to God. Here's the thing. When we try and control something that is not ours to control, and please don't misunderstand me, I'm not speaking about the the things we need to take responsibility for in our lives. There are things we must take responsibility for and do those things. I'm not speaking about those. When we try and control people or circumstances or situations that we have no control over, it's actually a reflection of a deeper problem. A spiritual problem. We're trying to be God. We're trying to be these mini gods of our life where we're trying to control everything in our lives. One of the things that the Easter story reminds us of is the power of full surrender. That at the course of salvation, salvation is not about a religion or a church, it's about surrendering control to God. You know, so often people ask the question, you know, Pastor Joe, what do, what do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do to be saved? What 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 do I need to do to know Jesus Christ, to go to heaven? And essentially, what we ask people to do is really to pray a simple prayer, a very simple prayer, that invites Jesus to be the Lord and savior of their life. It doesn't have to be those words. It can be a version of those words. It's not the exact words, but it, it's an invitation, saying, "Jesus, would you would you would you be the Lord and the savior?" of my life savior speaks about the fact that all of us have sinned that all of us have sinned and and we've got a we've got a debt to pay but Jesus came some 2000 years ago he paid the penalty for our sin so that we uh, could experience life that our relationship with God could be restored we want him to be our savior and we also want him to be the lord and that speaks about surrendering control to him. It's saying, you know what? I don't want to be the driver of my life anymore. I'm going to ask you to be the driver of my life. I want you to take control of my life. I don't want to control my life anymore. I want you to take control of my life. It's surrendering control over to Him. And it's not just surrendering control over anyone. Some people think, you know, that if I I give my life to Jesus, if I get serious with God, my life is going to be boring. He's going to make me do things I don't want to do. All the fun's going to be taken out of my life. If that's how you think, then I, I just want you to know that the God that you're thinking of is certainly not the God that I serve. Jesus came and He said, He came. And the reason why He came, He said, He's come to give life and life in abundance. That when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you'll experience the kind of life that you dreamed of having. He'll do things in your life you never dreamed of. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. And God sees things in your life that you cannot see. Oh, you could try and work it out with your mind, and you can try and plan your future, and you can try and control every aspect of your life, and that's and that's about you. But there are things that God sees in you that no one else can see, and it's only when you surrender to Him, He's going to start doing things in your life you only dreamed of doing. I could tell you that's been my my testimony. If I tell you my story, I, you know, I finished school in year eleven. That was as far as I got. Year eleven. And I didn't think I was that smart or that sharp or I didn't see too much in myself at all. I remember working at Myer, and, and the guys, all the guys there were all uni students. And I thought, well, I'm not smart enough to go to uni. I certainly didn't think I was smart enough to do that. But but God saw stuff in me that I never saw in myself. And, you know, I went to Bible college and then decided to go to uni. I thought I'm going to at least give this a shot. And, and, you know, by the grace of God, that's all it is. I, before I came in, I happened to, you know, to, to look at, I've got, I've got my degree stuck on my wall, you know, so that when people come into my office, they think, oh, gee, this guy's really smart, you know, that's why it's there, it's really, I've I've made some up and just put, hung them up, you know, yeah, um, and I I looked at it, just kind of looked past it, every time I look at it, I I don't, I don't think, oh, gee, you're smart, it's, I look at it and I say, God, you're amazing, because I could never see that in myself, But but God saw something in me that I, I could not see. When I think I've been the pastor here for 15 years, I think, it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Here's the deal. God sees things in you that you can't see in yourself. It's not just about me. God sees things in you that you cannot see. He created you. He made you. He created you for such a time as this. But while you're, you're in control, while you're in the driver's seat, you're never gonna find out what that is. It's only when you move to the passenger side, which I don't like to be in. It's only when you move to the passenger side and you invite Jesus. Okay, Lord, you take control. He's gonna take you places you only dreamed of going. He's gonna do things with your life you only dreamed of doing because He knows you and He created you for such a time as this. It's all about surrendering to Him. Jesus said this, whoever finds their life will lose it and whoever loses their life for my sake will actually find it. People are looking for joy and they're looking for for life. If I could just find it somewhere and they're looking in so many things of this earth seeking to find life. Jesus says, If you lose your life, in other words, if you give me your life, it kind of feels like you're giving up on yourself or you're giving something very precious up. Jesus says, but when you give it up for my sake, you're going to find it. And it's going to be amazing. To those of you who try so hard to be in control and find it so hard to let go, you may be about 50 centimetres away from full surrender, 50 centimetres from knowing the peace full surrender. There's about 50 centimeters between your knee and the floor. When you're in control, you stand. I'm in control. Yet when you want to surrender, you bow your knee. Jesus bowed his knee and he surrendered to the will of the Father. At the worst point of his life, he prays and he surrenders his life. He surrenders control to the Father. He says, not my will, your will be done. I wonder, is there something that you're trying to control in your life? Something you're trying to manipulate, trying to work it out so that you can control the outcome? Whatever it is, Jesus encourages us to just give up control and surrender our lives to Him. Now, I want to get really practical here today. And and please, uh, this is not for everyone, and I'm not going to embarrass anyone. So just... Just stay with me here on this. But on your, on, your, on your seat, you would have found a piece of paper that says control. And maybe today you want to surrender control to God. Whatever it is that today you're trying to control, uh, just want to surrender it to God. Um, in a few moments, we're going to sing a song. And, and again, this isn't for everyone, but you, you may uh, feel to do this. Um, there may be some of you who want to walk up to the front and, and just give up that control. Uh, You don't have to write anything on the card. It's really about just between you and God, whatever it is it might be. You know, just just an area that you're trying to control in your life. And you're saying today, you know what, Lord? This is what I'd like to happen. This is what I'd like to change in my life. This, This is what I'd like to see in my life. But you know what, Lord? Not my will, but your will be done. And I surrender my control to you. And, you know, I know it's just a simple thing. And, um, but the, the, the way I see it is it's a point of contact. Uh, the Bible talks about the woman, a woman who was, had a, had a, had a, a sickness of, for many years. And Jesus is passing by. And, you know, Jesus could easily have just turned around and healed her. But she said, man, if I could just, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, then, then something could happen. And as she, as she touched him, faith was released. And, you know, today's a bit like that. There might be some of you saying you're holding on dearly to control and you're gonna say, you know what, I, I'm not gonna I am not going i do not want to control this anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna surrender this to God and just just as a as a as a sign of that decision, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out of my seat, I'm just gonna walk you up to the front and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna surrender this to God. I'm gonna put it into God's hands. Well, Pastor Joe, what is that what does that actually mean? If I'm sick, does it mean I just stop taking my medication? Is that what it means? No, you keep taking your medication, but you you surrender your health to God. What else can we do? You say, I don't, I don't know what else to do, Lord. I just surrender to you. Does it mean I stop trying in my marriage? Does it, does it mean I just give up? No, you keep trying, but you give up control to God. You say, Lord, I don't know what else to do. Would you help me, Lord God? I just surrender this to you. I don't know what else to do. Would you help me? Maybe it's about anxiety and fear and it's saying, I wanna, I wanna just give this up. I'm trying so hard to control this, Lord. I'm trying so hard to manage this, Lord God. I don't know what else to do. I'm trying everything that I can, Lord. But you know what? I'm just going to surrender this to you, Lord God. Would you guide me and help me? Maybe you're going through a difficult situation and, you know, you just want to surrender it to God. What a great opportunity. Maybe for you it's about salvation. It's about saying, Lord, you know what? I surrender my life to you. I've been in the driver's seat all of my life. And, and you know, you know what? I think it's time for me to just move over to the passenger side. Better still, maybe to the back seat. No, maybe, I don't know, whatever. Um, it's just saying, Lord, would you take control of my life? Again, no pressure. This is not for everyone. And I don't want to, certainly don't want to embarrass anyone. But for some of you, my prayer has been, as I've been thinking about this word, is that God is going to release something here. What makes church different to every other organisation? I'll tell you what it is. It's certainly not the music or the speaking or the seats or the building. It's the presence of God. And we just believe that the presence of God is here today. And I wanna believe that God is gonna minister to you and to me wherever we're at. I've got some things I need to surrender. And my prayer is that God is is gonna speak to us and do something in our hearts and lives, even today as we surrender to Him by His grace and for His glory. Will you stand with me? Musicians, come. I want to pray together, and then um, I'm going to sing a song. And just as we're singing that song, you may feel like you need to, you know, you need to surrender something to God. And just feel free, come down the center aisles, and and then the ushers will guide you as to what you need to do. If that's how you feel, again, no pressure. Certainly, don't want to embarrass anyone. Um, just just as you feel. This is really something between you and God. You don't need to write anything on the paper. It's really just something between you and God. And I want to pray that God is going to minister to all of us here today, that God will guide us and help us to do things we could never do on our own, that faith would be released, that God would do something in our hearts and lives. And so, Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here today. Father, one of the things we know through the scriptures is that you always respond to faith. That whenever you see faith, it stirs your heart. And Lord, today, in this simple act of obedience, Lord God, as we just surrender to you, Lord, would you minister to us? Father, we'd like to think that we are in control of our lives, but we have such little control over our lives, Lord God, and we surrender that control to you. Father, there are people going through situations right now that just, they're just mountains, Lord God, mountains, impossible, Lord God, to the human mind, just seem impossible, Lord God, just doesn't seem to be a way around it, Lord God. Father, we just surrender to you, Lord God, not our will, your will be done, Lord God. The people here, Father God, struggling with with fear and with anxiety, Lord God, I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, Lord God, Father, we've tried so many things, Lord God, and we're going to keep doing the best we can. But Father, ultimately, we want to surrender to you, Lord God. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, that your request be made known to God. And so, Father, we come before you and we present it before you people going through depression and heartache and grief. Father God, I just pray that you would, Father, that you would comfort, Lord God, in in the way that only you can do, Lord God, that you would heal the sick, Lord God, that you would restore families, restore marriages, restore our lives, Lord God, I pray. We surrender to you, Lord God. Be exalted and lifted high, Lord God. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that you will minister. I thank you that lives will be changed. I thank you that, Father, families and marriages will be restored in the name of Jesus. Father, we believe for it, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you're building the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. In Jesus' name. Be glorified today, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're going to sing a song. If you feel comfortable to do it, just come down the center aisles. There's a little box here at the front.